we can start. Uh, this is uh, Empires of the Future, and we are really uh, we're up early this morning. For this yeah, we're doing episode. something different. Yeah, it is early time. Tired eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're so committed. That's what I want to think. Well, that's what I it is. To say it that way. And of course, we're committed because uh, this is the pre-announcement to next week's announcement that uh, we're gonna have an interlude because you're moving away. I am. And right now, the thought is that the podcast will continue, but it will continue with you, right? I don't know. I hope so. Okay. And uh, But good. for the two of us, we've got this episode, and then yeah. we're going to do another one. Yeah. And it'll be Christmas break. Yeah. Which is an end of our second season. Right. Because we started this podcast, I think, in the winter two years ago, before mm-hmm. COVID. Yeah. So we will finish our second season. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, that's kind of an interesting way to, to kind of pause right. or end as whatever, uh, we end up deciding, but, uh, we're going to talk about an exciting topic. Gerrymandering. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah, gerrymandering is not a word that probably anybody goes, Oh, my like interest it. is peaked. Yeah. Uh, however, you sent me this story and I read it and... Oh, coming sure, <laughs> coming from Illinois. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. this is horrible in Illinois. Oh, yeah, I bet um, it is. But to think that it could get better is is a, is an exciting thought. It's a happy so. thought. I think so. Yeah, especially since it's like it's used to basically make sure you have no competition in elections. Mm-hmm. Is that good for democracy? Is it right uh, to kind of tip the tails and scale in your favor, which? That's one of the issues with, like, democracy or elections. It's, like, more like a sporting event. Mm-hmm. So, you're like, if we can somehow change the rules uh, to make it easier for us to win, why wouldn't we? Right. Right? Uh, but yet, politics or government, is it supposed to be like a sporting event? It's supposed to not be about two teams trying to battle out for the nat- like the championship. Right. It's about people. It's about governing. It's about helping people. uh you know, improve their lives. It's not about winning, uh, winning a championship. But that's really right. what this is. What this really is down to its basic elements, isn't it? Right. I consider I consider the person who has uh, taught me the most about sort of American uh, government and the founding of the country to be a guy I've mentioned a few times on the podcast named Rufus Fears, who has since passed. He was a professor at the University of Oklahoma, brilliant, brilliant historian. And uh, one of the things he emphasizes in his course on uh, the founding of the country is that the founders were always talking about stay away from partisan politics. Yeah. It is, it is a tendency of democracies. It is one of the most dangerous tendencies of democracies because it reduces everything to a zero-sum game where if I'm winning, you're losing. Right, exactly. If you're winning, I'm losing. And, uh, and also, it oversimplifies problems. Because we don't want to pay attention to any of the things those other guys are saying. Right. We're right. We can handle it. Our people are the ones that are trustworthy. And literally, as a nonpartisan historian, yeah. this is this is one of the things that the founders warned about, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> For those of us who like, don't live like in, in studying, right, James yeah. Madison, Thomas yeah. Jefferson, people who made the system, they said, let me tell you one of the things that will destroy the system. Partisan politics only. Like yeah. thinking of everything in terms of... We're us, they're yeah. them, and, and 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 even you know parties were inevitable. Yes, but but partisan politics in the sense of operating as if you are a 
Democrat or Republican or whatever party first. Yes. That's a fundamental problem, and that is central to what we run into right here. So well, this I, is... I don't know if you grew up or at, at all played, like, Settlers Catan or any board game where you're forced to trade with your opponent yeah. to win. Right. Um, and it's a game it's a game where, again, you have if you want to better yourself, you mm-hmm. have to, in a sense, help mm-hmm. the other person. I get like it's a it's a game and you're trying to win and you're trying to beat your opponents but but, but for I would say ninety percent of the game you're forced to help if you don't if you don't help one another you won't build anything right. on the on the map and I remember at the end of the game that's when the partisan politics come up like don't trade with that person don't trade with that person if you trade with them they'll win but you had to a point you had to do that for ninety five percent of the game if you just took your card and never traded. You wouldn't win. And so I feel like maybe people need to, like, maybe these guys need to play a game where they have to trade with people. Right. You compromise. You have to go, I I need that card, but to get that card, I have to give you what I have. Right. That will better, that will help you, but it also will help me. Right. Right, yeah. And what a scary thing that you just said, that at the end of the game is when partisan politics really come That's up. Like, hey, come everybody. Out. We don't have to be at the end of the game, right? <laughs> we could be in the middle of the game. Yeah. We could, couldn't we? Aren't we? Will we? I don't know. Um, so this is an article by Gerald F. Seib out of the Wall Street Journal, November 29th. Um, it is an opinion piece, but look, uh, <laughs> if after this you think about gerrymandering and go, I, I think that's working just about like it's supposed to, well then... I, we encourage you in the last week to come and be a guest on our show. No, That's I'm just right. kidding. But it's not. <laughs> gerrymandering. Oh, well, F great. Illinois did on their gerrymandering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so that'll come I up. I jumped ahead. No, that's it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a group out there uh, assessing how bad gerrymandering. But you can look. You can look. It's funny that you should mention that because, uh, you, I mean, you look, you have a, a degree in political science. This has been one of, one of the nice differences between you and I is I'm guy on the street. I'm, I'm so guy on the street um, about this kind of stuff. But I remember seeing electoral maps of Illinois, yeah. and you will see things like something that looks like a box up here toward the center of the state, and you will literally see a line that cuts all the way down, and it cuts all the way back up. And I remember going, why in the world does that district look like that? And they go, oh, it, it cuts down to this one opponent's hometown so that his votes don't get count. I mean, it's like that has happened in Illinois. Yeah, that's going on. That yeah, is going on in Illinois. That's not good. That's, that's really bad. And that's that. why you don't ever really get much uh, change in your like state legislator, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the same guy uh, or gal, uh, mostly guy, has been, in po- has been in power, has been in his seat for three decades. Right, yeah. His never... name's Dick Durbin in Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. That guy, yeah. That guy. He's the number two yeah. Democrat, you know, and... Uh, in the Senate. And, and so, um, all right, so yes, Gerald F. Sy, this is out of Wall Street Journal. It is called there, um, on, online it's called Gerrymandering Puts Partisanship in Overdrive. Can California Slow It? In the print edition, it was called Gerrymandering Turbocharges Partisanship. Three words that when you put beside each other, chills mm. <laughs> go down the spine. Right. That's right. Of everybody involved. Anytime you put turbocharges, you got, you got something important going on. I'm pretty sure this article was not on the front part of, front part of the newspaper. That's exactly it right. It was hidden somewhere I in the agree. middle. I, I, I think the politicians made sure it was in the middle of the paper. <laughs> they're, they're putting articles are being gerrymandered. <laughs> well, but and then the hilarious thing is I'm like, can California slow it? Is that like sarcasm? You yeah. know, But no, California, somehow. Uh, and and, and I guess you can talking. say that Californians 
have figured something out. Yeah. And that's a little bit exciting. Is, yeah. uh, the byline is, party first mentality means that Republicans and Democrats are constantly at odds, hobbling the governing process. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, I'm pretty young, but from what I've heard, and this article is helpful to say, like, what it used to be. You always say, like, what it used to be. What it used to be is people didn't think about party first, right? Mm-hmm. But now it's, mm-hmm. you know, you have... Um, I mean, very few, even like the infrastructure bill, which I'm going to say, like, if this bill was presented in the 50s or so, let's say the 50s, mm-hmm. they're they're going to get a lot of support on both sides of the aisle, right? Right. Now, it, I mean, now it's like, uh, you know, Republicans are, well, we can't support the bill, even if the bill is, has value, because back home, we'll lose our seat because we're working with the Democrats, right? right? And right. so right. it's like, how could you possibly, how can the government function right. if this is the way it's going to be in just about every major bill? You know, right. I understand there being some opposition based off certain geographical reasons and you know, certain politicians are against it because it didn't have certain programs that favor their particular state. But the, like an infrastructure bill, what I've right. read uh, is that you had... You had you had districts that were going to benefit from the bill, like projects that would be built in their district, mm-hmm. where Republicans were still against it. As if the people, even though they would receive money and jobs, would be against it just because it was a Democratic bill. Yeah, it's, it's, that's so bizarre. It's concerning that uh, in terms of political maneuvering, four years now seems like a very short time. Yes. So that... That literally a lot of times what's going on is, well, let's not let this president look like he's accomplishing anything. Right. And and it's just kind of like, hey, everybody, have you not realized how how horrible a game that is for the entire country? Yeah. I, and that's that's that's, that, that's like a tank is being filled, and we're at the top as far as partisanship goes. When that's the air you're kind of breathing, yeah, uh, and, and that's a dangerous place to be. And and you know, look, this is a time for courage. I'm seeing that there are uh, politicians right now who are saying, "Well, we're going to have to get some things done. Yeah. This cannot go on this way." And and uh, in these stressful times that look like there are they're coming ahead, I, I think we need more and more and more of that kind of courage because you have to actually ask questions like. Well, look, we, we have to make decisions about what is good for the entire country and and not just questions of optics of how it'll look to the base or to uh, to our party. That's uh, that's important. And it's putting a lot of power in swing states continually. You know, swing states like Ohio, Ohio has been pretty Republican, but you get you get these senators, you get these congressmen from these kind of like independent districts. Mm-hmm. It gives them a lot of power right. because there's so few of them, and they're kind of the ones who are balancing one way or the other, right? And you know, Senator from West Virginia, well, it's more of a conservative uh, state. I'm a Democrat, therefore I'm moderate, and I can't really favor this bill on this side because actually I would lose my seat because of the of the kind of the most, the the, gener- the general um, political opinion of my state. And so you've got like these certain like very very few politicians. They now have like really kind of have control over these two houses of of government, and that's like I don't know. They can pretty much push it one way to the other in some right. of these 
these uh, situations and like it would yeah. be better. Anybody who's read a paper in the past few months knows Joe Manchin has yeah, outsized right. power right now. And a, a, a name that you might have known before a few months ago, but I'm kind of going, my goodness, I know. Joe Manchin yeah. is the president. He's realizing, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He realizes that he's not a, even a majority. He's not. A, he's not a, in the minority. He's he's not some like he's not the president. He's not the vice president. Mm-hmm. But he finds himself in like. Well, I'm the one, I'm the kingmaker, I'm the one that has all this power now, and I can pretty much sit here and let people just kind of cater to my my state's needs or to my needs, and uh, that's a lot of power in someone who's only elected by one state. Uh, That's kind of where we are. Now, there's probably always been times where that's been true, but it's really been pronounced right now, because you have a bill that... We're not talking about a social issue. We're talking right. about an infrastructure bill. Right, right. It shouldn't be yeah. mystified. I understand that there's there's financial budget terms mm-hmm. that are connected to this. I get it, but they actually they actually brought that number down, mm-hmm. and yet Republicans have not budged. A lot of Republicans now. I, I, a group of them did budge and say, "Yeah, we'll compromise," but it wasn't a huge amount of them, right? right? right. Um, and so I, I think it'd have been probably more encouraging to the country if it was. A, a lot of Republicans had joined Democrats on something like an infrastructure bill. Yep. It was it would show unity. It would show a sense of uh, that we are coming together to help rebuild uh, our infrastructure as a country. But yet, that's not what it, it was. Just kind of dirty. Yep. And I guess if they say you don't want you don't want to see laws and sausages made, and really it de- you don't. It just doesn't. It's just kind of disgusting, mm-hmm. and it's just unfortunate. And it's a byproduct of a lot of the scary man doing. It is. So let's get into the details of it because the, the, the degree to which a senator or a congressman from a certain state is not acting in the interests of that state might be surprising. Well, it was pretty surprising to me, so it might be surprising to some other people. Yeah. Uh, so it starts out this way. Uh, quote, over dinner a few years ago, the late John Dingell, who served in the House of Representatives longer than anyone in history, described how Congress had changed during his career. When he arrived in the House from Michigan in the 1950s, he said members saw themselves as, first of all, representatives of their state, Secondly, as representatives of an institution, the House or the Senate. And only third, as members of either the Democratic or Republican Party. Nowadays, he said, the order has reversed. Lawmakers see themselves as members of a party first, and as representatives of their institution and their state only after that. Wow. Which is so sad, because the state is the one elects you. The party doesn't elect you. The Mm -hmm. House or Senate doesn't elect you. The president doesn't elect you right. from your own party. It's your actual state. Right. And it's so uh, unfortunate because you even think of, like, going back to the Civil War where, like, you know, uh, Robert E. Lee fought for the, for, for the Confederate because of his loyalty to the state of Virginia, right? right. There's a sense of, and I'm not going to argue or not going to argue, like, was that right or wrong to join the Confederacy? That's a de- de- another discussion. But you can just definitely see this overwhelming loyalty to a certain person's state. Yeah, because certain um, certain phrases surrounding politics immediately arise. All politics is local. Yes. Part of what the oh, problem yeah. is here that, look, politicians do move to Washington or go to Washington and meet with people and, and everything centers there, but they're elected by people from different parts of the country. And a part of the problem here is that people from our country are so tangled up in national partisan politics that if you didn't, is it working right if you then, you as a citizen, lose focus on the needs of your location, of the people who live in your district and your state? Uh, 
Because one of the things that's supposed to be happening, I mean, uh, a few years ago, I would not have understood what he would mean by saying, uh, secondly, they saw themselves as representatives of an institution, the House or the Senate. Well, the way that's supposed to work is the Senate changes every six years because those are supposed to be cooler heads that think in a little bit longer term. Think about that. Why is a senator's term longer than a president's term? Well, because they represent a state, which is a region, which is a different interest set than, say, I mean, think about Maine, very rural Versus, say, New York City or right. New York State, which is much more metropolitan. Right. You, different interests. Even though ge- geographically those aren't that far apart, even in a state as vast as our nation is. And so, meanwhile, those two-year terms for the House mm-hmm. means the House is designed to consistently bring people out who represent the interests of that region and bring the ideas and interests of the people to government. But when it's all, when everything boils down to national partisan politics, the system continues to fall apart and not function correctly. And and literally, he's saying this issue is flipped. People now see themselves first as members of a party, second as representatives of their institution, and then their state, meaning their people, the people who elected them. And as many of them know, and as anybody who's paid attention to politics in the last few years knows, if you don't pay attention to people, you can lose your seat. It's just if the if it's so predictable that the whole country just goes party first, party first, well then all you have to do is go sit in Washington and fight with the opposition. And right. you'll, your party, your base will go, yay. yay. But you're, you're there to govern. You're there yeah. to accomplish something. Yeah. You're there to make the needs of the people expressed. And then the gerrymandering is the, you know, redrawing district lines to to basically put all of the voters that support you into the same district so that you don't have to campaign uh, either against a major opposition or to even, like, persuade those who are not on your side. Right. It's easy for you not to now support your state because really all you're, you're representing is the Republican platform or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the majority opinion of that party. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is sad because, you know, when you walk into your office and you have the state flag uh, outside your office or in your lobby or your office of, in, in the House or the Senate, that flag should be taken off and it should be a Republican Party flag because that's mm-hmm. who you're, that's what you're truly representing. You're not res- representing the uniqueness of your district and how, like, Illinois' district is different than Chicago right. or um, even Ill- uh, even Southern Illinois is different than Indiana and right. Missouri because yeah. there's those farmers are competing with those farmers or whatever mm-hmm. it is and you want to make, make sure that your farmers are, are taken care of, that they are watched over, that they're getting... If they have a bad year, they get their insurance money or they get their, their money from the government or whatever it is. Like you're going to be fighting for their interest. Um, but it seems like if those interests run up against your party's view, then the party's going to win. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate mm-hmm. for a lot of a lot of people that are that are relying and dependent on this per- person to fight for their interest. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, so the, the degree to which he gets so clear about this, I really appreciate it. Uh, quote, the, 
The party first mentality was even clearer before Congress broke for Thanksgiving when it finally passed a big bill funding improvements in the nation's infrastructure system. Though leaders of both parties have been clamoring for an infrastructure bill for years, the measure passed. The House, almost entirely with Democratic votes, with some members casting votes that appeared to be against the interests of their states and districts. That was followed by the spectacle of some Republicans calling for punishing the 13 GOP colleagues who dared to vote with Democrats to pass it. Uh, For a good illustration, look at Mr. Dingle home state of Michigan. If any state needs an infrastructure upgrade, it's Michigan. Michigan. The American Society of Civil Engineers gives the state's infrastructure an overall grade of D+. As the nation has seen, some locales in Michigan can't even deliver safe drinking water to their residents because of the sad condition of aged water pipes. Yet when the bill came to a final vote, six of the state's seven Republicans voted against it. (laughs) Nor was the phenomenon limited to Republicans. Democratic Representative Rashida Tlaib also voted against it, in part because Congress wasn't also passing a giant social spending and climate change package that she and other progressive Democrats have been demanding. That's so, and that was Flint, Michigan, right? That had the major yeah. water issue. Yeah. Uh, not to go too much into this, but uh, and I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily campaign or support this particular show uh, per se. But I think this this particular skit is pretty funny. Uh, SNL had a skit a few years ago in response to this called "Is Is He a Republican or Is She a Republican?" And they have these two contestants that have to guess if this particular person is a Republican or not. And they come out and they they say all these things about them that would make you think that they're a Republican, uh, but then they're like, no, actually, they're not a Republican, uh, even though it all the evidence show that it should have been a Republican, mm-hmm. he wasn't a Republican or she wasn't a Republican. And it's really funny because I think we are in that kind of stage where if you just took, like, voted for or voted against this bill, you'd be like, well, if it's, uh, you know, helping local economies or it's helping businesses be able to employ more people... That has to be a Republican would have to support. They're like, well, no, actually, they they don't support this, even though that's all true, but based off the other things we've already said. But even the Democrat, you know, you would think she would be for supporting her Democratic president on an issue like that. But it was not big enough. Right. So she was against it. It's like, well, it's and, like and, you know. And again, you can know that partisanship is in explosive, dangerous overdrive when it's just kind of like, Somehow it managed to pass, but don't worry. There were people out here right. who said, "Hey, that's not our party's bill. That's not our idea. We don't right. we don't get behind ideas that aren't our ideas." Right. And then people over here who are going, "Hey, you're not doing some other ideas." Right. In addition to those ideas that, I, yeah, I get it. They're from us, but no, yeah, that's right. I'm out too. I'm and out it's too. Just like, no, this idea here, and you know, it's a problem. It's yeah. a dangerous situation. Um. Carries on, quote, it's possible the two parties are slowly destroying themselves with hyper-partisanship. That's it's, it's possible. Uh, and while there, are lot, <laughs> while there are a lot of root causes, a big one is playing out anew. Right now, it's gerrymandering. That is the process of which in which state legislatures draw up house districts designed not to be representative of the population of a certain area, but rather to be perfectly safe for representatives of one party or the other by packing together Democratic and Republican voters into essentially segregated enclaves. Achieving this involves drawing district lines so creatively, and you can look at them. This is what's so funny about it, is this is not rocket science. You can look at a district, and if it looks like, you know, uh, Mickey Mouse ears with, like, 
an extra beard growing off the side and then maybe another line over. It's like, well, that doesn't seem like a reasonable way to draw a district. Right, right, right. There are telltale signs. There's streets. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that, that are, there's, there, yeah, as we see, like, you know, people live on that side of the street and live on this side. Oh, that side of the street are more Democratic voters. Well, this side of the street is more Republican voters. Well, there's the line. Right. You know, that's where we're going to draw it. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he says, achieving this involves drawing district lines so creatively that many members of Congress never have to worry about being defeated by someone of the opposite party. As a result, they never have to listen. They never have to listen to someone from the other side, either at home or in Washington. In fact, the only real danger to the job security of representatives from these districts is to offend the party activists. By compromising with the other side, which might produce a primary challenge from within their own party. And anybody who's been paying attention hears stories like this. Yeah. That you draw a district so that the party is now in control. Mm -hmm. And then think think about what that does to the interior machinery in Washington. It it takes a situation that was designed a certain way, which is government by the people. For the people. And it says, now, this is government by the party, for the party. Right. And fundamentally changes it. Right. And Republicans have been the most, um, has been the biggest criminal of this because they have been in power power, of state legislators uh, for a a long time. Even though Democrats have done typically better in governorships throughout the country, even in the South up until recently, um, yeah, yeah, for some reason there are just more, not only, I, I believe there are more Republican governors, but there are more, as they say, uh, Republicans who have control basically over states. Right, which uh, is where the gerrymandering happens. And right, so, and you can think of that in terms of, like, right now the Democrats have a very minor, uh, uh, they have just barely enough numbers to control the way things are happening in Congress and in and, and the Senate and then in the presidency. Yeah, right, yeah. But, but every state, state literally operates just like the federal just government. Like the two houses so that, with an executive position, yeah. Right, so that if the Republican Party has... Uh, the governor as well as their house and senate then the same thing is happening and and you know this is a little complicated for people especially sure. who aren't into politics sure. but just know that 50 times yeah. that can happen that is happening yep. 50 times and as a result then partisan politics being what they are when republicans have the power to do that they're doing more of it because they have that i believe the numbers i don't think i got the numbers down here um, but i think the number was something like there's 24 uh, states where Republicans have that power and have been using that power, and something like uh, 17 or maybe even 13 uh, states where Democrats have had that power. Yeah, and I think it's been true for <laughs> Illinois being one. <laughs> yeah, it's been that way for a while now. Republicans have have done a really I want to say this they've done a really good job in their campaigning at the grassroots level mm-hmm. in state races where mm-hmm. Democrats do far better in national races mm-hmm. mostly, and I think because. I think I guess Republican Republican uh, platforms tend to work better in the smaller local, mm-hmm. but when it gets into the gerrymandering, that's where it affects your house races from a national level, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it doesn't affect the Senate because that's a two two seats per state, but it, in the congressional and the house races, that is where there is some major major issues mm-hmm. uh, where you see you see just you know, these uh, these representatives there in these positions for so long that it's so difficult for a challenger to even, from another party, to even possibly win the race. The biggest threat is within your party in a, in a primary uh, attack. And that's why you'll see, like, 
especially Trump. Trump is able, even not being in any any political position, to still kind of wield his sword in the in the in the primary. Right. Hey, I'm going to support right. this guy who supports everything that I say. So that then splits the party from a Trump supporter, non-Trump supporter primary within a party. Yep. And so it's just it's very like. Uh, so far, though, it seems like no one get too much into the in the in the weeds with this, but it seems like Trump uh, Trump candidates haven't done all that well. But it just creates the the issue that we that we're right. talking about right, right. now. Um, the biggest danger for a a, a particular uh, congressman or woman right now is within their own party, not even from the opposite party. Right, right. And where is this the most dangerous? Tell us about the F grades, Matt. Oh, you want me to tell yeah, me? You do this yeah, part, all right, right, I'll do this one. Yeah. Uh, the nonpartisan Princeton Gerrymandering Project, which that is probably an exciting group to be a part of, be. is grading state district maps as they emerge from fairness, and it already has given F grades to the great states of Ohio, <laughs> yeah. Illinois, North Carolina, which I worked for the Republican Party there, and Texas. You know, Texas always thinks that they're great at a lot of things, but not <laughs> yeah, apparently they get enough in this regard. <laughs> and I have read a few articles about the gerrymandering in Texas. I think it's been a pretty big issue yeah. for a while. Um, so in California, it used to be among mm-hmm. the worst. Used to be. I think that was kind of the hey, conclusion. And of this look, article. I don't know what how we've spoken about California, but way to go, California! Yeah. You're gonna get some good news today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, if you read up, California produces like most of the United States is like crops, like number yeah. one in like just about everything, yeah. even like oranges and peaches and all mm-hmm. these different things, cotton. But they're also used to be one of the worst in Gary Manning, but they've 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 improved it according to the Princeton Gary Manning project. They, sure. they've improved themselves. Uh, and I guess we'll we'll talk a little bit here how they've done that. Right. So so he says, quote, then a de- decade ago, thanks to a ballot proposition, a citizen-led commission. Way to go, citizens. Citizen-led. Way to go, tired. citizens. Yeah, yeah. A citizen-led commission took the task of drawing congressional districts away from the state legislature. You can do that. Mm. And wonder of wonders, more competitive districts have emerged. Which actually emerged. came up in the last, when Biden won the election, that particular, the congressional races within the state of California there were far more competition. Right. Republicans won won a few seats. Uh, there was like new. Uh, they had, there was a conservative women candidate that won uh, in a particular district in California. There was just far more competition, and mm-hmm. like that's you know, and, and California's interest when it comes to a lot of other major issues that they're affected by, like that. That's pretty good for that state, mm-hmm. you know. And as those these states like you know these kind of Rust Belt states like Ohio and Illinois. Especially Illinois, like for one state that really needs to like improve itself over the last few few hard decades, I think just with bad governments yep. and uh, kind of some shady uh, trading mm-hmm. and, and dealing, that's a state that probably needs to give some citizen led commissions a yeah. look. Yeah. yeah, I mean, speaking of a partisan state, uh, Illinois has been controlled at the state level by the Democratic Party since 1931. There you go. That's so, a long time. So that's 90 years, folks. Yeah, so the Democratic Party in Illinois has get to, gotten a failed grade. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. Well, and, and I mean, you know, it's just I, I appreciate you know. Look, anybody out there who's going, I don't know about this. Look, please look into it. This yeah. is this is just an issue that it seems like we can do something about it, yeah. and it would be best if we did yeah. because uh, partisanship is damaging to the country. Many of you who have already had a holiday and will have another one, you know, it's damaging to families yeah. where, where everything is just 
here's a partisan position on something. Now let's fight about it. Yeah. Um, we can do better than that. I think that it's made as a, as a tag to end, like, this is one of the weaknesses of democracy, is that mm-hmm. we tend to think it, it is the best form of government. I think, was it Churchill said it's the worst, it's the best of, what did he say, mm-hmm. the exact quote? It's like, the worst, it's the, it's the, it's the, uh, the, it's the best form of government compared to all the worst. Like, it's still bad. It's just what we have. It's yeah. the best option the, of, of the... Of the, of the and they're it's all It's the worst form of government except for all the other ones. Except for all the other ones, yeah. And, and I think that is a telling because I think we tend to think democracy is this kind of, like, God-given yeah. governmental structure from heaven, like the Holy Grail or yeah. something like that. When it, it is... It's a human institution. It's, yeah, the, it's, yeah, the weakness of democracy is us. Yeah, I mean, exactly. In a lot of ways. And so we <laughs> want our team to win. Like, right. it's, it's a part of our nature yep. as a, as competitive to want to win. Yep. And we'll do anything. Even for this, even though by trying to win, we're hurting the system mm-hmm. and not allowing it to operate in a, probably its most, most efficient way mm-hmm. where people... We're, 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 we're electing people to represent our interests, not to... Uh, that we're not electing ideas that just sit in chairs, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is one of the major flaws, and you're seeing it. And the way to combat it is citizen-led commissions yep. and things like that. And that needs to happen far more than it does. Yep. So, all right. Well, this, we did it, Jeremy. Yeah, we, we, of all the issues on our list to talk about over the two years, <laughs> this was one of them. And I'm glad we got to get it in on the, on the last, last little bit here. That's right. So... Well, this has been Empires of the Future, and we'll uh, see you next week. We'll see you in the future.